Iowa everywhere. All right, boys, it's game day. Let's go. Let's go. Big game. Got a big game today. My package has arrived. Oh, sweet. Nice. Score! Great win, fellas. What game's next? G-Men are having a great year. Let's go, Blue! Here we go. Primetime football. Texans, Dolphins. Let's do this. Yes! Review. Yes! Yes! Heartland flags. Every sport, every team, every flag. Every team? That's right. Fine, fine. I'll get a Washington flag, too. Find your flag and so much more with fast, free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. Every sport, every team, every flag. Almost. Loyal sons forever true. Go Cyclones. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. The Channel Seed Studios, it's Firmly Entrenched. I'm Jake Bren, firmly entrenched here in the Channel Seed Studios, joined by Nick Oson up there in Madison. Nick, how are we doing, man? Jake, I'm doing great. I've really been looking forward to this episode. We've got a loaded show. And as our you know great listeners and viewers can see, starting to fill up my background a little bit. One of my favorite shows right there. I love and it. And a beautiful shot of Madison, Wisconsin above. Still got to get a couple other things, but it's looking good. You have a, you have a good Halloween? I did, you know, so as we kind of said, uh, pre-show, it, it's my mom's birthday today. I often try to see her on Halloween. Uh, she was a little under the weather, so did a little something with, you know, friend of the show, Vivi. I just got one of those jack-o'-lantern shaped pizzas, and we watched a couple scary shows kind of in between work. There's this uh, new show on Peacock called uh, Suburban Scares. You know, there's there's these real stories that, of course, they kind of uh, dramatized to get people in a little bit, but no, it wasn't bad. I had a little candy, some sour Skittles. So oh, yeah. solid. What about you, Jake? Nah, I, I went down to court Avenue after work on Saturday. I didn't have a costume or anything. I was just saying hi to a couple people. And I walked into a spot that I like, and it's usually not too busy. You can just kind of hang out, play some darts. Mm. It was packed wall to wall. I was there probably five minutes, went home and watched the Arizona, um, who'd they play? Whatever Arizona game I watched, Arizona-Oregon State. It was a great game. And that's who how I that? spent, Arizona did. That's okay. how I spent my Halloween. It, it was a lot better than. Sorry to interject here, but did you, did you see the end of that game or watch most of that game, I should say? I watched like the whole fourth quarter. So at the end of the first half, Oregon State had like a 35-ish yard oh, field goal. Oh, yeah, the fake. They ran the Chase Contreras play, coin to pen, <laughs> and they obviously didn't get it because they needed like 20 yards on a run from the kicker, so they didn't get any points at the end of the first half. They ended up losing by three. 
Yeah, and it was oh, it I wasn't just towards this. the ends of the end of the half. It was as time expired. So they had the to last score. play in the first half. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if that's up there with like uh what the Colts did a couple years ago in the the trick play where it was just the center and the quarterback. It's up there <laughs> with the when the Cowboys had Zeke snap the ball last year against the 49ers. It's just like there's no what's the upside? Which uh <laughs> Oh, so today we're, we're going to talk some Baylor recap. We're going to spend way more time previewing the week ahead, though, with the, with the KU game and the huge weekend ahead in the Big 12. And we're going to close with some quick hoops talk. I had a crazy last couple of days. So you've been everywhere. The The Baylor game feels like it was three years ago <laughs> because so Monday morning. I'm heading over to Coralville, Iowa City, for the Iowa High School State Girls Volleyball Tournament. I I pull over to stop for gas, and I'm getting texts from from friends, from Iowa fans, from journalists, just, Ferentz out, Brian Ferentz gone, Brian Ferentz out. So I hop on 24-7 sports. I, I hop over on, on David Eicholt and, and Sean Box boards, and I'm reading, and sure enough, sounds like it's going to be true, so... I drive over to Iowa City like it's business as usual, just knowing that eventually I'm going to have to ditch volleyball, go over to Kinnick. And as I do that, I, I head over to Kinnick and I am filming some some as lives in front of the stadium. And those vultures in Iowa City, the the parking and, and security people walk up to my car and I think Aiden's got the got the video for us. Caught, caught the moment live. With the sound. Running the offense had highs and lows. In a two-week stretch, Iowa scored. Hey, I'm I'm just here right now doing a live shot. <laughs> no, you're okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, that, folks, is stopping yourself from getting a parking ticket. The, it, this was like some probably 19-year-old girl just doing her job and it, like watching it back, it kind of feels like I'm doing like the, do you know who I am? Like I'm on the news. Just yeah, don't give you me a gotta work. <laughs> but I was standing right next to my car. So that was like the, I'm like, if I'm parking here, nobody's going to do anything. And it was like four o'clock. The work day's almost over, whatever. So, you know, it's not her fault. Like you said, just doing her job, but man, I really hate that job. I, I think that would suck to do and they're just it's so meticulous and they get things kind of so uh close to the wire whether it's where, where you were iowa city or coralville madison geez i i almost got towed in des moines i remember oh having a lunch i i, I hate don't get me started i don't want to get in trouble with any potential future sponsors um <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move into talking about the baylor game for a little bit and of course we want to thank our presenting sponsor heartland flags and gifts they're our title sponsor and for good reason they sent me an iowa state flag sent you a, a wisconsin flag and they can send you a flag anywhere across the country any team any sport maybe a texas rangers flag looks like they're going to clinch the world series could be a Wisconsin flag ahead of their game against Wisconsin Stevens Point tonight in basketball. You name Somebody's it. Somebody's tapped in. Jake, before before we get into a little football, I, I've got a question for you because go for it. I always see these questions out there, but I never really kind of have the the natural platform to bring it up. So favorite Halloween candy. Okay. 
And chocolates or more of the sweet and sour type? So this is probably going to be out of the box. Good. I'm going to go with the more sweet and sour type as like my my favorite overall. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite just specific candy. And never mind. I was going to say Reese's. I'm going to put that second. My favorite is hot tamales. Wow. Oh, yeah. I love hot that tamales. is okay. That that's really really out of the box. I like it, man. Similar answers, kind of to to what my mom would say. I'm definitely sweet and sour, and favorite candy would probably be sour Skittles, which I had too many of last night, or shock tarts. I don't know if you remember those. Uh, Wonka kind of stopped them like, like eight or nine rocks? years ago. No, no, no. They were they're basically. Uh, a mix of like chewy sprees oh. and sour Skittles is kind of what I would describe them as. I, I think they they either weren't popular enough or were just too sour for people, but that's my all-time favorite. We've got plenty of football to talk about, but I figured you'd give a good answer, and you did. Yeah, well, Aiden's mic, it doesn't seem to be working. He's telling me to tell everyone that his favorite's candy corn. No, well, hey, I'm not going to hit on candy corn. <laughs> I love me some candy corn, but me too, man. I don't get do why you, so many people don't. Do you like the pumpkins? Oh no, oh, the pumpkins yeah. are terrible. Oh, I, yeah. so good. It's I don't the mind same candy flavor. Corn. Yeah, yeah, but it's just too it's much. It's like a brick of candy corn, yes. basically. I love it's, it. It's awful. No, what's, I, what's I your do favorite Halloween that. candy, Aiden? See, I'm more of a chocolate guy. So okay. Reese's. That's what I, I lean more towards Snickers. Okay, but I like that's my all around favorite. Yeah, that. They're all good. Because I had like a pregame ritual, mainly for baseball. I would eat a Snickers before every game. You know, a lot of athletes do that. Yeah, I had a a junior high track and basketball coach. All he would let us eat before games was Snickers. So it just kind of became part of my routine. I'm glad I asked, man. Hey, coach, I want to eat a salad. No, screw you. Eat a Snickers. (laughs) Snickers salad. (laughs) Oh, Snickers salad is good. We're getting close to Thanksgiving, which which is where I always eat Snickers salad. But it's crazy. Like we actually are almost at Thanksgiving, eight games through the season. Yeah, Iowa State moves actually. to five and three after a thirty to eighteen win over Baylor. I predicted thirty twenty. I'm not gonna boast or anything about that, but two weeks in a row where I nearly picked the exact score. We're only gonna spend about five six minutes talking about this game. I'll, I'll make the first point. It's been said a lot, but Iowa State played a, a C plus B minus type game and still won comfortably. It was, it, it probably could have been a forty to seventeen type win. Jeremiah Cooper houses that pick six in the first half. Rocco Beck connects on a couple more deep balls. It could have been absolutely no sweat. There was still some sweat in that second half, but for the most part, I think it's a good sign that. Oh. A bad team in Baylor. They're a bad team, but you can still play a pretty average game and still win pretty comfortably. Yeah, and I don't think either of us was really surprised, Jake. You know, it's fun to to talk about the score, as you so modestly say, my friend. But no, what I'm more impressed with is you really kind of read and predicted this game perfectly. Like, not really, not just the score. I, I don't think either of us expected a perfect game for Iowa State. We both picked the Cyclones to win. I think I've picked them to win every game this every year, week, other yeah. other than the Sooners, I believe. But, um, 
But you you had said, I believe it was Baylor's, you know, they're terrible. They're not good. Iowa State has to do this and this. And so credit to you. Uh, nothing, you know, really shocked me. I, I think I missed one of, like, Rocco's not-so-great plays because um, that was obviously a, a really busy uh, Saturday for me work-wise. I didn't see everything there live. But it felt like even when there was, like, a turnover – or, or a rare non-scoring drive for Iowa State at some times in that one, it felt like the defense kind of stepped up in the moments enough to just keep Baylor at bay and just kind of ensure the victory. Again, I'll point to the secondary. Um, at, at times, I really like that. Malik Verdon, obviously, uh, we've been high on on this show for a long time. And so that was kind of my biggest takeaway, Jake. I mean, I don't think anything else really surprised me. Uh, you know, I'm going to get a little deeper into what I want to see more of or or happy to see in our, our pretty solid KU preview here for a big week. But uh, that was what I liked. And then Cartavius Norton, I think, had a couple big time moments as well. Yeah, easily his best game as a Cyclone. And I, I think everyone was just kind of waiting for that breakout. He almost he almost had it against Cincinnati when when Easton Dean and, and him kind of ran into each other. But it was good to see him him break out and well we're definitely going to talk about those running backs as we get into the KU preview the last point I wanted to hit on for Baylor Matt Campbell coach teams moved to 19 and 0 when leading by double digits at halftime I was in a group chat with a with a few of my old wide right natty light buddies and whenever something bad happens it's still kind of the oh put on your nut cups something bad is going to happen because with Iowa State football's history, that's just what we're used to. Used to just, oh, here comes a blown lead. Here comes here comes the pick six. Here, co- and a couple of those things almost happened. Like like Baylor's seventy yard touchdown. That reopened the door when it definitely should have just been shut totally. But Campbell has proven time and time again that when they get in these. 10 15 point leads nine times out of 10 they're winning those games and under past regimes in in aims they might blow those games or a lot of regimes they don't even get those leads in the first place so i think it just goes to show the different place that iowa state football is in than it was 10 years ago and this is year seven of the campbell regime I think at this point it's it's more of a of a pattern that they're winning these games on the road over teams that they're better than comfortably and um, more more so than a fluke is what I'll say. Couple of things there. I I think it, I think it might be year eight. I know you you said you don't kind of count. Or yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're just used to not counting. Well, I, I was never. I was doing so much uh, Brian Ferentz stuff the last couple of days. He's he was in 17. Okay, so yeah, one more year than that. You're right. I had never heard the expression "nut cup" before I had the job at Iowa State, so I didn't know kind of where that originated. Just in terms of always getting ready for that, you know what I'm saying? The the actual just that portion, obviously, right? Heard of the other part, and I think it just points to. Kind of why I think that Matt Campbell, why I had so much confidence in him early in this season. 
even what, when people were being dramatic or reactive or anything like that, like being around the program, even for, you know, as long or short as I, as I was, I just think there's a confidence in kind of tradition and, and ritual routine and what they're used to. And that's why I'm, I'm sitting here not surprised at all uh, that they're five and three and very, very likely whether they get it done this week or next to be bowling again. Yeah, it's it blows my mind, but we are we're closer to 2030 than we are to the Paul Rhodes era, which is just one of those. That's one of those things that will probably never sit right in my head. It just makes me feel weird. But at this point, it's just a different football. It's a completely different football program than it was eight years ago. And that that goes without saying. But let's move on to KU. And I want to pour a, a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon and cheers to Kansas because what a turnaround it is in Lawrence. We're Wisconsin's ten years, own Lance Lightpool. Yep. We're, we're 10 years removed from the ice bowl where I think it was winless Kansas against one win Iowa State playing in, in Ames in 10 degree weather, snow on the ground. Still quite a few people made it out to Jack Trice Stadium, but if you were at that game, if you're at the Ice Bowl, pour yourself a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. Pat yourself on the back. It's the 10-year anniversary of that. Of course, enjoy it responsibly. You've got high-quality, delicious bourbon. And if you can't find it at your favorite liquor store, grocery store, just kindly request Steeple Ridge bourbon from Lonely Oak Distillery. And Jake, this might be a good weekend to kind of be having that, you know, cheers into that even earlier in the day, give you a little extra layer of warmth before a big night at Jack Trice Stadium. See, it, it's actually going to be pretty nice out. It's supposed to be like a high of 59 that day. So you're going to, okay. it's going to be a perfect day for tailgating. Oh, yeah. And then once, once kickoff arrives, it's going to be in that probably 51, 52 range, a little bit of wind. It's mm -hmm. going to be elite football weather at Jack Trice. And it's also going to be, what I think is going to be an incredible atmosphere. Jamie Pollard announced the other day that it's a sellout. They're bringing back the fireworks. I would place money if Circus Sports uh, offered this way. I would, I would bet money that Iowa State's going to be in the all-black uniforms in a night game. That's just been a good spot for Iowa State generally the last, dating back to 2018 when they, when they brought out those uniforms for the first time. And on on paper, this is a fascinating matchup because KU is, of course, really, really good on offense with with Jason Bean. And he's been uh, up in the air both ways, but he didn't play great against Oklahoma, made the plays down the stretch when he needed to. And then he played awesome against Oklahoma State and they lost. So so that I found sort of interesting. I think Iowa State can bait him into some mistakes, which has been really the formula in those night games. I'm going to talk about it later in my Big 12 picks, but I think back to the 2018 West Virginia game, night game, 2021 Texas night game. The other teams just weren't really a match for a John Haycock-led defense, and I'll be interested to see 
what prevails on Saturday. Again, it's going to be it's going to be strength on strength. The KU offense against the Iowa State defense is what's going to decide this game. See, I'm really excited to just be able to watch this. I think that obviously it'd be a bit more fascinating. Uh, like like you mentioned, you talked about Jason Bean. If Daniels was in for KU, but I actually think it's interesting. Coach Leipold uh, was on one of our, our CBS shows and said, you know, we miss our leader. We're, we're missing Daniels, but we might have the best backup quarterback in the country. He said mm-hmm. something like that. And honestly, I mean, I, I think overall Bean's been pretty impressive. Like you said, he, yeah. he wasn't perfect against OU. He'll make a mistake or two, but just the kind of the command that he plays with the confidence and, from what I've seen really the last two years, because obviously you played a lot last year, uh, kind of the the belief and rallying around that the team always seems to do around him. I don't think it's a major step back. I agree with you. Iowa State should be able to force a turnover. And I think that actually the way that Kansas runs the ball, like I, I think we were both going to touch on, but just how they did that against OU. I mean, I, I mostly just had to box score watch that one, but – just some really impressive numbers that they're a team that doesn't really get away from it. You know, even if it's not working right away, they're going to make sure they establish it and kind of wear out the opponent in the trenches. So I think it's going to be really intriguing. I'm actually, I was a bit wrong on Kansas early on. You know, I I didn't think they'd be a two or three win team, but I, I didn't think they would be better than last year. And I think it's pretty safe to say that after some of these significant wins. And that's why, you know, they opened as a very, very small favorite, depending on where you looked. That quickly flashed over to Iowa State. And I think this line is about right. I, I think that when you take away the home field for the Cyclones, that'd make it about a pick em, about an even line at like zero to a half either way. I love that because I think these are two good teams playing really good football. And I think that it's about even between two coaches that have a a large amount of respect and admiration for each other both coming from kind of the the d3 route which i think is going to be really cool yeah and it's also just it's two pretty similar teams as far as football programs with honestly terrible histories obviously iowa state has had a better recent past five past half decade than KU has, but still too young. Two fan bases getting used to success still. I think Iowa State's probably a little more used to it. You saw what happened early this season when when the losses were piling up. But along with that, KU easily has the best win out of either of these teams, of course, beating Oklahoma, but they also did lose to Oklahoma State at home. Well, I, it's not like they're this world beater, but at the end of the day, both teams are Big 12 title contenders, which is crazy. It's crazy to even conceive of that in 2020, let alone 2013 or 2015. It's crazy how far Kansas has come, and I, for one, am pumped for a KU Iowa State football game with legitimate Big 12 title implications, a little bit of college football playoff ranking implications. Obviously, not yeah. college football playoff, but 
If Iowa State wins this game, I would think they will be in that top 25 next week. KU would drop out. If KU wins, they could shoot up into that top 20 range. It's just, on paper, it's going to be great. And then the atmosphere. I, I, I cannot wait to see what the atmosphere is like on Saturday night. I was going to ask you, compare it a little bit to the TCU game from earlier this season. How do you think kind of the the fans are going to be at this one and just overall you know it's not likely to be cold like you mentioned but I feel like I can feel a little bit of buzz even from here leading into this game yeah so there's there's obvious factors of the TCU game that this will never be able to live up to and maybe no game ever will be able to live up to that TCU game as far as the significant impact of Jack Trice and all the legacy and history that came with that. That was a special night. Unlike, unlike any other in Iowa state football history. So that part will not be matched, but as far as the atmosphere's impact on the game, I think that this not only has the chance to be better, I think it will be better And a lot of that. It just has to do with past success. Iowa State hasn't lost since that TCU game. They haven't had a home game since that TCU game. So fans have been just anxious, ready to get back, tailgating back in the stadium. Whereas the TCU game, yeah, they they rode the ship and beat Oklahoma State, but then they lost to Oklahoma the next week. Atmospheres are always, especially at Jack Trice, they're always just going to be better when the team has momentum, when the team's playing well. Add that in with a night game in November, those are just that's a good combination at Jack Trice Stadium. The black uniforms. And it's really the first it's the first important Big 12 game in Jack Trice Stadium since I guess sorry, not important Big 12 game, but important game with any sort of title implications since that Texas game back in 21. And that was I think a top 3 atmosphere that I've ever been at at Jack Trice Stadium when they just destroyed the Longhorns and what we thought at the time was going to be their last trip to Ames that was kind of when it was understood that oh they're going to reach a buyout eventually so that whole that whole day was thought to be Texas's last game in Jack Trice Stadium so yeah sorry I, I've rambled on about other games but yeah I think that no worries I think that this game has a, this atmosphere has a chance to be extremely special in its own way compared to that, that TCU Jack Trice legacy game. I'm completely with you. I mean, I think either one, whether you're a fan coach or player or even media would be pretty special, you know, to be at. I have seen some really good uh, atmospheres the last two years, including just last week up here. And, and, you know, we kind of talked a little bit, earlier as well as before the show that I will be able to have some eyes on this Kansas Iowa State game uh, after kind of some work so I can't wait to see it I think that it is going to be really important to get off to a good start I understand they're at home obviously but Kansas does have some explosiveness to that offense even without you know Jalen Daniels so I, I think that it's a game yeah the first half is going to tell me a lot and I'm really kind of excited to see it in what's not only a great game, Jake, but 
it's just a massive weekend for Big 12 football as a whole. Yeah, and you talk about starting fast. This is not a game that you can get down early. Yeah, yes, the Iowa State offense has been it's been light years better than than it was at the start of the season and and I'd go as far to say as it's a it's an above average offense. But I don't think that this offense will be good enough to overcome like an early 14 point deficit. Which leads me into what my final point was and it's no turnovers. Rocco backed in Iowa State's very lucky that that his worst game as a Cyclone came in that Baylor game. Because if he has that game this week, they will not win. If if he throws an, an interception at the end of the half that leads to points, if he misses two surefire touchdowns, the odds will not be in Iowa State's favor. Kansas is a much better team than Baylor. Yeah, the game's at home, opposed to on the road, but they're going to need to reverse that trend because the trend this year, Saturday was the first time that, that Iowa state has won a game with Rocco turning it over. Well, we've talked about that every week that that's the key. So you get one outlier and I, I think, I think Rocco will be dialed in. They're not going, we didn't mention that. I would say it's not going up against a world beating defense. Like the reason that we are both so low on KU is because of how bad their defense was last year. It's better this year, mm-hmm. no doubt. But this isn't a team that that is holding a lot of teams below 30 points. So the opportunities will be there for Iowa State. And if they could if they could get out to a seven, ten point lead, spread the ball out, and then really force that run game into the game, I think it's going to be a really good day for Iowa State. Yeah, I think that KU's defense improved, like you said, but it's a team that generally has to basically just outpace the opponent to win. Obviously, you you need to outscore to win a football game, but 75 to 80% of, you know, kind of what they need to do is reliant on that offense, whether it's been Daniels, whether it's been Jason Bean. So I, I think that's a really good point, and I'm really excited to kind of see uh, some of the early game planning Saturday night, kind of in that first quarter. But as we noted, Jake, a few other big time games in the conference this weekend, too. Oh, yeah. It's so we've got K State going to Texas. That's an 11 a.m. kick. And then Bedlam, the last Bedlam, as far as we know, will be at 2 30. So Big 12 fans, college football, Iowa State fans. You wake up, eat a slice of breakfast pizza, and you have (laughs) three massive Big 12 games back to back to back. And I believe we have Big 12 after dark this week. Maybe not. I think so. I know you do next week. Yeah. Yeah. Iowa State plays. No, never mind. We don't. We don't have Big 12 after dark this week. But nonetheless, let's start with K-State, Texas. So, so question, do we know you were still out? Yes, yours is not playing. Okay. I've been really impressed with this K-State team. Oh, yeah. They, I think they've separated themselves 
like two weeks ago, Texas and Texas and OU tier one. Then the next tier was like, it was eight teams. There wasn't any team that had kind of separated itself. K-State coming off that loss to Oklahoma State. Obviously, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, KU. All those teams kind of just mudged together. And then I would say that K-State separated itself from the pack, but was still below that Texas OU tier in that second tier. I think with how Texas and OU have performed the last couple of weeks, K-State's probably a 1B in that tier with a chance to move firmly into that tier this week with a win. And the, the change that they made to Avery Johnson, not just Avery Johnson, but the, the balance that that has brought between him and Will Howard, it's completely changed the dynamic of that team. And my all of a sudden, my, my prediction for them to make the Big 12 championship game and win it is not looking as far-fetched as it was after that Friday night loss in Stillwater. No, it's it's honestly looking pretty sharp. I think that this is probably – there are going to be a ton of storylines around Bedlam, as there should be. I'll be honest, as a fan of college football, that's one I'm pretty sad about losing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I remember a great game. When I was eight, nine years old, you know, I, my dad's place in Milwaukee, like watching that game – um, but I, I think just in sheer, I want to see a good football game. I think this and the KU Iowa State game this weekend, those are kind of my top two because I, I like the overall talent, of course, of this Texas team. I think that Murphy's a good player and could be really good at quarterback, but man, he's not way, yours. And the way K State is playing. Like they're almost playing like they could be about anybody in the country. Yeah, that give me any time out give me any team outside of that top like five. Five, yeah. And I would I would feel comfortable betting them plus seven against any any other team in the top twenty five. And they're just I mean, they're killing teams. Just destroying them. Who was this last out. one? Was it Houston? Houston. I, I was wrong on that bet. They just, they killed Houston. They killed BYU. They killed TCU. They're playing the best football of any team in the conference, probably followed by KU and then Iowa State. I, I really don't know what to think about this game because, so Texas this last week beats... I'm totally blanking on on who they just beat. Was it BYU? Yes. Yep. So they beat BYU, who's a team that, honestly, somehow eight games through the season, we still don't know that much about. We don't know what they are. We don't know what Texas is like against a good team without Quinn Ewers. And Ewers, from where he was last year to where he was this year, he was the most important part of this team. So it'll be interesting, especially you're playing an 11 a.m. kick. We know how much those uh, chest puffing at future SEC schools hate those 11 a.m. kicks. But we'll see how it plays out. I This is a stay away for me as far as the wagering side of things. But this is an impossible to stay away from my eyes. I cannot wait to watch this game. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I, I think it could go... 
just about either way. I think we're going to learn a lot about both quarterbacks in this uh, massive game. I'm sure that it's going to be pretty good between the coaches as well. I think I saw the spread was only like four, four and a half, I, I think is what I saw. Yeah, yeah uh, four was the last number I saw. So, yeah, I mean, people generally agree with us then because you take away the two, two and a half points for it being played, you know, at Texas. That spread is very close. So I think it's going to be great. Frankly, I, I also think that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State could be a really good game. Oh, yeah. It, this is one of those games where you just you don't bet it because we know the talent gap between OU and Oklahoma state. It's massive, but Oklahoma state, this is their super bowl. And rightfully so they're going to wake up for this game. It's in Stillwater. Two thirty kick, two thirty right? kick feels like. And every time Iowa state plays at Oklahoma state, it's a two thirty kick and they always lose that game. So I, I also don't know how I would bet this game. I'm not going to touch it. I would just think with the I way we'll with the way there. things are going, Oklahoma State obviously trending trending way up, and OU trending of course down, almost losing to Central Florida, then losing to KU. I think the smart play would probably be Oklahoma State, but again, it's it's a huge contrast of a team that we thought could win a national championship a month ago to the team that we left dead for water a month ago. Now they're both more kind of floating more towards the middle. I'm very intrigued. I can't wait to watch this game. And the Cowboys found themselves in the rankings too, I believe. Yeah, right? I think they're 23. 22 or 23, yeah. Because Something I, like that. I saw some some Oklahoma State uh, writers saying this is a ranked matchup. You know, I, I will add a little bit yeah, more to that here in a minute or two as we get to our picks, but – there's no question, Jake, this is one of those rivalries where, you know, the guys don't have to fake not liking the opponent or not oh, yeah. liking that opposing school. Like, this is a really intense rivalry. And again, I'll just say I'm sad that it's likely going to end, at least for the foreseeable future, I believe. Yeah, and that that just adds even more to the rivalry, that it's the last one. I I can guarantee you that Mike Gundy every week or every day at practice this week is saying these guys think that they're better than us. They're leaving our conference. They're going to get more money. They think that they're this shiny new toy in the SEC. There's going to be an added extra motivation on both sides. I mean, for, as we know, eternal bragging rights, eternal scoreboard. If this is indeed the last bedlam, which I don't think, and I hope it's not. If Oklahoma State wins that, they get to hold that over a school that they hate. They get to hold that over their heads forever. And I don't think that can be stated enough as far as what that's going to do for the atmosphere and what it's going to do for just the on-field product, especially, I think, from the Oklahoma State side. I think they'll be a little more fired up than OU. When you'll be able to tune into that one as well, I believe, before yeah. a night of work. Yeah, I'm. I'll be at work. I'll be watching all three of these. I'll be. Uh, I'll have the Iowa Northwestern game on the, the old Peacock Network. Those uh, Hawkeyes being put on the streaming service again. 
I'll have that game on at two thirty as well. But uh, let's move in to our picks at Circus Sports Iowa. Of course, the highest limits, the lowest holds, the best odds. Download today on the Circus Sports Iowa app. How did we do last week, Jake? I had another one and two week. You can just call me Jake one and two brand. Feels like I've done that almost every week. And I, I've gotten to the point where uh, I'm just kind of throwing a dart at the board, you know. Was playing some cricket, trying to trying to aim for the 20s, maybe triple up a 19, trying to hit the bullseye. Now I'm just sticking, trying to hit a six. You know, that that's kind of where my predictions on the Big 12 season have gone this year. Of course, bet responsibly, especially if you're tailing me. Please be betting responsibly. Don't need anyone losing a mortgage off of my picks. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with what's hot. I'm or not what's hot. I'm cold. I'm 12, 17 and one. But it's the game of the week for us. Iowa State KU. I'm going to get a yep, little yep. creative with this one. This won't. This line itself won't release until either Friday or Saturday. But I can kind of estimate the line based on what the total and the spread are. I'm going to take KU's under team points 25 and a half. And that might seem bold. I get it. KU has scored 30 in almost every single game this year. But I went back and did some research. So I left one night game out of this dating back to 2018 and it was the 2020 game against Oklahoma COVID year not a bunch of fans there. So there's five games. You've got TCU in 2023, 14 points. K-State last year, they lost, but K-State only scored 10 points. 21, we mentioned that game against Texas, seven points. 2018 against K-State, probably the best comeback in Iowa State football history outside of the 2011 Oklahoma State game. K-State did score 30 points. And then the first ever game where Iowa State wore the black uniforms against number six, West Virginia and Heisman frontrunner Will Greer. West Virginia was held to 14 points, and one of those touchdowns was a blocked field goal returned for a touchdown. So what I'm getting at here is Iowa State's defense is at their best in these night games in the black uniforms with serious Big 12 implications. I'm expecting next week to come on this show and say that this was the best Iowa State defensive performance of the year. That's, I don't know if that's just a lot of three and outs. I don't know if it's a three interception type game. I don't know if it's like the West Virginia game where seven different players sacked Will Greer. I don't know what formula is going to go into this. I just think that Iowa State's in for a really good defensive night. And that, of course, I think will lead to a win. And, and I'll just give my score prediction. I think Iowa State wins this game 24-13. Comfortable. I okay. think so. I, I, I might be <clears throat> drinking the Kool-Aid a little too much. But that's, that's where my gut tells me this game is going to go. So, first, I, I asked how we did. I thought you'd maybe... Toss me a softball there. I was going to let you. I was going to let you uh, boast a little bit about your week. The first three and zero week in firmly entrenched history. 
I felt good. I said on the show this is, should go at least two and one. It was three and zero. Oh. I don't expect three and zero oh this week. This is likely a two and one type week. A lot of tough games to pick. Really, like truly a fun weekend in this conference. I guess I'll start with it since since you uh, you know just kind of hit on it, and then I'll slide into my next one, ping pong it back to you. So I'm going to go with my recipe for success. I believe that I that since we started doing the show and I consistently made picks four and two going with Iowa State, I will take them minus two at home. It's going to be a tough game. Like I I think that we may be underestimating a little bit KU's offense, which is why I, I'm going to give them a little bit uh, more points. I think they do get about 20. I think my score is like a 26 to 20 type game, but you're right. The atmosphere is going to be pretty special. Both teams are going to try to run the football. Well, I will just stick with my, my bread and butter, my recipe for success in that one, Jake. It it's treated you well this year. There's no doubt about that. My, my next game, I'm going to go to BYU and West Virginia. West Virginia coming off of a of a blowout win over Central Florida. Probably riding a little bit high, playing a tricky BYU team that we, again, we still don't know anything about, it seems like. But outside of that blowout loss to TCU, BYU, and of course, Texas, I'm, I'm not going to count them. BYU has played these more middle-of-the-pack to good big 12 teams well they obviously beat texas tech they beat cincinnati and then they only lost by 11 to ku i i think that getting 10 points here is safe i, I bet west virginia wins this game by a touchdown or so but i i like the cougars going in on the road but it does freak me out a little bit going from provo to morgantown that's uh that's about as big of a culture shock as you can find in this country now, we'll see if, if you look smart, if I look smart saying this, but that's one of my favorite picks you've made all year because I almost made it. I just have not seen enough of BYU live simply uh, to know enough going into that game. I mean, it just doesn't kind of line up usually. The the rare times I can check out some other games. Um, I'm, I'm going to point back to Bedlam. So I think you would have agreed with me. Normally... You know, we talk about picking spots. I mean, whether it's for this show or, or gambling a little bit in real life, uh, that you have to do that to basically find success. And normally I would go with the Sooners because coming off a loss, they're the more talented team, but can't follow that right now. It's Bedlam. It's the last one for the foreseeable future. Oklahoma State's playing really good football. And again, they do not have to win either. So I'm going to take the Cowboys at home plus six and the rare times I've picked them, they've served me pretty well. All right. And we're, I like that pick. I just, I, I just can't do it. I, it, it's a scary line, but our last one, this is just a total feels too good to be true type line. It's Baylor getting four points or Baylor favored by four points at home over Houston. 
I don't have any reason on this one other than I'm just blindly taking it. You playing it in real life? Yeah, I'm going to play it. I think. I think I, yeah. Houston hasn't Might really to proven to beat. Houston hasn't proven to do anything against the original Big 12 teams other than almost beating Texas. I don't know. Oh, sorry. They beat West Virginia. My bad. That's a. Totally forgot about that one. I just. I'm just playing it. No reason. Just my gut. Four points. Baylor can easily win this one by a touchdown. They're due. Yeah, that's almost exactly. Did you see what I wrote? I, I think I it's time know. they actually win a game. Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah, they, I, they I agree showed, with that. They, they showed, showed some fight. They did. I mean, they did. I would say it's a better team, but they did show some flashes. Um, so I'm with you. You know, Jake kind of said our our final pick. We we generally have one the same every two, three weeks. That's it for this week. And then, man, this show has flown by today, man. Wrapping up with a bit of hoops talk. Yeah, let, let's let's do five, seven minutes worth of hoops, if that works. Let's, uh, I know you had a couple questions last week to ask me. Do you, you want to ask those today? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and go I ahead. Think I think I actually do remember them real quick. It was, who do you think? Iowa State should kind of like who who do you think is that top tier basically uh in the Big 12 this season? And then where do you see Iowa State finishing? Because I know we talked about levels of expectations for the non-conference. I'd like to hear your point of view on conference. Yeah, l- let me pull up the schedule. So I honestly think that where the coaches picked Iowa State to finish in the Big 12 preseason poll, seventh, I think is where I would have them. I'd maybe bump them up to sixth, but sixth or seventh in the Big 12 this year, assuming that you don't just totally blow it up in the non-conference, sixth or seventh this year will get you a three, four, five seed in the NCAA tournament. Like the Big 12 is that good. It, you have, again, two of the four or five national title contenders, you might have two, four seeds. The big 12 is just going to be incredible this year, which is going to set up for a lot of opportunities for those quad one victories. I guess what I would say realistic expectations for Iowa state are is I'm going to pull up their schedule real quick. Sorry. They, uh, they have to defend home court. I don't, you probably can't afford more than two losses inside Hilton Coliseum this year. I know they welcome KU and Houston. I would predict they win one of those games, probably drop the other. Getting Houston without students is is kind of a rough draw. But other than that, you don't have to go to Lawrence or to Houston. Or sorry, you do have to go to Houston. Um so yeah, long story short, I'll pick them sixth and I will go outside the box and I'll take KU to win the conference. <laughs> Super outside the box. So I, I'm i not going to overreact to this recent scrimmage against Illinois, however, for, for Kansas, but I, I think that it pointed out one or two of my questions with them. Three-point shooting is one. Bill Self kind of hit on it this week that he's not going to 
kind of shift the way that they play just to shoot more threes. That's fine. But, you know, I, I don't think depth is going to be amazing for them, Jake. Obviously, there was an off-the-court situation with Morris, yeah. and, you know, now he's no longer with the team, of course. We don't need to get into that, but he was certainly going to add to kind of some of their depth in the backcourt or wherever they were going to play him. I think that they're going to be a little short in terms of overall depth. I I think, yeah, they expected to – you know, land uh, a freshman, Mackenzie Mbeko, uh, that ended up in Indiana. You know, so just looking at kind of their overall roster, I think they're going to be great. They're going to be really good. But I actually like Houston, I think, over KU this year. And then I I don't think Baylor's getting talked about enough, personally, because Scott Drew is still a great coach. And... I think that they got they got Bridges back. They added some transfers. They have one of the best freshmen in the country in Jacoby Walter. I think that they're going to be a special team. And then anybody that's followed me or, or listens to this, uh, you know, has heard it before. But I think Iowa State's getting overlooked a little bit. I, I don't think that seventh was egregious, like a, a crazy pick. But I've got them higher than Kansas State and potentially TCU. I I could personally see Iowa State around that four or five spot. I I really could. I I think Texas is going to be pretty dang good. Uh, So that's probably like kind of that clear-cut top four. But I'd certainly put Iowa State up against those next two or three teams easily. Yeah, I don't think seventh is being overlooked at all. Because seventh in this conference is – going to be good enough for second or third in every other conference maybe even win a couple conferences like I think Iowa State could win the ACC this year like there's no doubt in my mind that there are four or five Big 12 teams that could compete heavily in the ACC that's how good the Big 12 is going to be it's loaded I do I yeah yeah so I was just gonna I think seventh is is fair it's more just kind of the argument of them against K-State and TCU and Iowa State and K-State are in pretty similar situations where you're just trusting the talent that these still fresh coaches have brought in like both teams lost quite a bit from last year's teams and it's going to be entirely new teams and what I hate is just it doesn't feel like we're going to be able to take anything away from the non-conference outside of like three games. So am I excited to be in Hilton Coliseum on Monday to watch him play Green Bay? Of course. I love basketball season. But outside of like seeing the rotations and, and seeing who's starting, I don't know. I don't know how much we're gonna be able to take away from that game. Unless oh, like yeah. Tame and Lipsy hops hops in and, and hits four out of six threes or something like that. So, little things like that. Yeah, I mean I totally agree. And you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily an anomaly for a lot of teams in the non-conference, but the way that entire non-conference schedule looks kind of like we talked about, uh, I I would be in agreement with you there, Jake. I will say sixth. Yeah. Sixth or seventh in the big 12, you could potentially get around. Yeah. A five in, in the, you know, NCAA tournament, March madness. So I'm just, I'm getting really excited. You know how much I love hoops. So for this season as a whole, I'd agree with you, maybe not getting overlooked. 
I still think, yeah, five or six comfortably is, is where I will have them. And again, a really tough conference this year. Yeah, before we wrap up, I will say, I do think that there's going to be more of a gap this year between the top and the bottom of the big 12. When you play the round Robin, like they have these past few years, you play everyone twice. You play them at home. You play them away. That's not the case this year. I think there's a legit shot. Central Florida goes 0 and 18 or one and 17. So I think those, I think those top seven, eight teams, I don't think it's going to be like four of those teams are nine and nine. Three of them are 10 and eight one's 11 and seven. I think the winner of this league will go 13 and five. And I think Iowa state will probably, I think they could win 10 or 11 games, which I think last year they went what nine and nine, eight and 10, something like that. And still were a six seed. So I, I think, I think that there'll yeah, be a, a couple more wins on the schedule for Iowa state. And that'll, that'll help their resume in March. But I think that is going to be all for this week. Aiden, any uh, any parting thoughts? What's the best Jack Trice atmosphere that you've ever experienced? 2018 West Virginia was pretty good. I mean, that was, <clears throat> I think it was my junior year of high school, but it was the first game I sat in the student section at Iowa State just because I had friends or whatever. And it was like it was awesome. just a combination of the greatest to make everything the greatest game of all time. That's definitely up there. Honestly, OU during COVID. See, we sat was kind of a we sat kind of front row for that atmosphere. game. It was yeah. awesome. That was the first one that fans were allowed back, right? Because the Louisiana game, or I guess, no, yeah. never mind. They didn't play Louisiana that year. That doesn't exist. Yeah, no, correct. Uh, I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, they didn't allow. They were going to allow fans, and at the last minute, they didn't. So right. the OU game was the first one back with fans, and I was. I remember this. I went and picked up pizza to go watch that game at home with my family. And then Aiden texted me like an hour before kickoff and said, Hey, I've got an extra ticket if you want to come. So I just like drop everything I have. I make my way straight up to Ames, made it in our <laughs> seats for kickoff and heckled Spencer Rattler for three and a half hours. And stinks. honestly witnessed just a, that's a classic Matt Campbell game. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of vintage Campbell atmospheres, and we're gonna get one on Saturday night. And of course, stay tuned with all of us on social media. We'll we'll be following along the following along the game, and then join us here next week on Firmly Entrenched to maybe enjoy a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon. But for now, from the Channel Seed Studios, I'm Jake Brend with Nick Oson on Firmly Entrenched. Iowa everywhere.